You're listening to the JT The Brick Show, where the Raider Nation has come to sound off and react for over 20 years. And now, live, it's time. Carr will go back into the gun. Jacobs cuts middle, walks in. Jackpot, baby. Josh Jacobs, touchdown. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. We have a good team. We have a good team that competes with uh, Seffert all the time. On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. We don't feel like effort's been an issue at all. It's the handoff. Bust toward the end Jackpot, baby. Pinion drink. Takes it home. Here's your host, JT The Brick. The get out of the gate, JT, with you as we open up the show today. And it's a big one. It's a monster show today as Vegas makes history. Las Vegas officially named a Super Bowl city. And for everyone in Southern Nevada, everyone who helped make this possible, congratulations on what is an incredible day in the history of Vegas, the history of the NFL, just the history of deal-making. I can't believe this. I knew it was coming for a while. We all knew this was coming. And they wanted to make it official at the NFL owners meeting. We'll have sound of Mark Davis coming up here in a little bit. And the announcement, a lot of media down at Allegiant Stadium. We're here in studio today. And a lot of people reporting on what's happening at the stadium and the excitement. And I'd like to get some of that excitement today. But but we have a big story in regards to what's happening to the Cleveland Browns. And the Cleveland Browns now with more positive COVID tests. As we get ready for the Raiders at Cleveland on Saturday, not Sunday. So let's talk about this at length. This is a big, big story from a gambling perspective, which we can talk about now. From a Raider perspective and a Browns perspective and the balance of power for the playoffs. Most Raider fans don't think the Raiders can make the playoffs. I'm not one of them. I think the Raiders, while they're alive, while you're alive and there's a path to making the playoffs, you have to treat it that way. I mean, all the other fans who are anti-Raider fans are burying the Raiders. The last people that should do it and should be protecting the graveyard and keeping people out of Raider fans, Raider Nation. But we're losing track of that. And we're losing track of that because of social media where negative people uh, thrive. Fortunately, it's only a few small percent of them that make the loudest amount of noise. The Raiders are not dead yet. The Raiders have a game coming up against a team that has been ravaged by COVID-19. So last night on my national show on Sirius, I had Mary Kay Cabin on. She is the number one NFL insider for the Browns. We're going to play you that interview a little bit later on in the show. It was a big get for us. She came on right at the top of my show. That was before Baker Mayfield and the head coach tested positive this morning. So what does this mean? I need Raider fans to wrap their head around this. This could be, and look, look, I want every team to be at full strength. And the Raiders haven't been at full strength since the start of the season when Nicholas Morrow wasn't available. And for whatever reason, hasn't been available since. I don't know what type of injury that was. I've never seen one like it. I, I, I mean, again, I don't know. Richie Incognito had a calf. It was a calf. He's not available. Christmas. What was that in August? So the Raiders at the start of the season were not available due to injury. Not COVID. Injury. Darren Waller. The updates I get is he's in the pool. That's all I get. That's what you get. That's what Vic Tafer gets. He's in the pool. So we don't know if Darren Waller's available. He hasn't practiced in a while. But the Raiders are in a unique position right now 
because the Raiders are playing a team that is clearly much inferior due to a virus. And the Raiders, unfortunately, have to take advantage of that. That's the show. Now, I don't know where to go with that because I've never done this before, neither of you. I don't know how to do this because we don't root for people to get sick. If you do that, I'm not a karma guy, but if you do that, that's the ultimate bad karma. So you don't want more Cleveland people getting sick. You want the Cleveland players to pass the COVID protocol and be be available to play. So here's what I told my son this morning, my young son, who was sitting on the couch this morning. And I said to him, what do you think? And he said, well, now? (laughs) That's what a kid says. He goes, well, now? Now they got a shot. And I go, no. They had a shot before that. They could have played a better game. My job, as I often tell you, is very easy. Very easy. I'm just a sports talk host. Come on. I don't work for the CDC. I'm not an emergency room nurse. I don't have a hard job. But what I have to do here is I have to give people hope, and I have to give them accurate information. That's it. Okay? I get get people hope because who wants to listen to a show for two hours a day or a lineup all day that's so bleeping negative, and everybody calls in the same callers every day on certain shows, and it's the same call and it's negative. That will not happen here until the time is right. Then when the time happens, like you lose to the Browns and everyone's on COVID, then that's, that's going to be one of the toughest shows I ever do if they lose because they're on COVID. So as I look at all of this, I say to myself, wait a second. They could win this game now. But I can't celebrate the fact that men are sick and have COVID. But they're really not sick. They're asymptomatic. And the coach even had his booster shot and he had COVID last year and he missed the playoff game. So how do I handle this? And my answer is, I'm always honest with you, I don't know. So does this give the Raiders hope that they can win the game because they're most likely going to play a backup quarterback and no head coach is going to be there? Yes, it clearly gives them a better chance to win the game. But what happens if they don't win the game? If they don't win the game in this situation, you know what it is? It's so 2021 Raiders. The Gruden emails. Henry Ruggs fatality car accident. Losing to the Browns and they don't have a team? That is that 2021? Is, is that the beginning, the middle, and the end of 2021? That's what I got to deal with on Monday if these guys don't win this game. Okay, so we put everything out there. Cleveland is decimated by COVID. They barely have enough players to play the game. The Raiders, knock wood, relatively clean with COVID and then relatively getting healthier. How do the Raiders win this game? We're right in the middle of Wednesday. I have the celebration of the Super Bowl. I wish this was spread out over a week. To me, I would do all Super Bowl today, all Super Bowl. Then tomorrow, I would do Cleveland and COVID. But when Baker Mayfield ended up on the COVID list, I said, listen, this is the priority. So Raider Nation, what is going through your mind right now? Be honest with me with this game. Because many of you guys, as Joe Pesci would say in Goodfellas, you guys, you checked out. You checked out on me. How dare you check out on me? I've never checked out on you. When have I ever checked out on you? I'm the guy in front of the firing squad every week, not you. I haven't checked out. I haven't checked out. I've lived in Vegas since 1996. I'm ready for the Super Bowl. But I got a job to do. I got to talk about COVID-19 and the Cleveland Browns. And how this affects the outcome of the Raider game. That's your Saturday. Look, I I talked to someone today who's pretty highly connected and said this game could be postponed. 
They could postpone this game or cancel it. There could be a forfeit. And I said, well, I don't want the Raiders to win with a forfeit. Would you want the Raiders to become a 7-7 seven and seven team due to a forfeit? No. They're going to play the game. But the Raiders now have equally to more pressure on them with this news. You see, here's what I thought could happen. And this is probably about a 40% chance of happening. Raiders-Browns at full strength. Raiders go into Cleveland, beat them like they did last year. Then I could troll Cleveland for a week saying, why are the Raiders getting all this bad NFL network coverage? Cleveland's worse than them. Raiders have the same record as Cleveland, and Cleveland's behind the Raiders in the playoff race. That was my best-case scenario. Now my second-best scenario is the Raiders win the game because Cleveland has COVID, and the rest of the league say, oh, the Raiders still suck. They're no good. They just beat a team that has COVID. Right? That's what's happening as we speak. Or third. Door number three is the worst door. Don't ever pick behind door number three. It's door number one, Demond. Door number two. Don't ever choose door number three. If you ever watch The Price is Right, you never win. Door number three is that Cleveland's decimated and can barely put a team together, a practice squad, guys, and they beat the Raiders and Derek Carr. That's the worst-case scenario. So what scenario are you going you gonna to have here? How do the Raiders win this game? And, again, if they win, when they beat the Cowboys – a lot of people in Dallas said, well, the refs were awful. They called four pass interference plays against one player. C.D. Lamb didn't play in the game, and Amari Cooper didn't play, and that's why the Raiders won. That's a pretty good side of the story if you're from Dallas. But the Raiders took advantage of that. You think the Raiders would have beat Dallas if Dallas had C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper? I don't know. Maybe not, but they won the game, and that game is in the win column. If the Raiders beat Cleveland – the Raiders and the Browns will be 7-7, seven and seven, and the Raiders will have new life. If they don't win the game and Cleveland has this many distractions, the Wolves are at the door, and they're going to be coming hard at the head coach, the entire coaching staff, and the quarterback. You think Derek Carr's had it hard? Some of the media's on him? If Derek Carr can't beat Case Keenum, and it turns out that the rest of this team and that five or six of their best players, other than Miles Garrett, can't play, the volume will be so intense, I'll have to take my headset off. So that's where I'm going. It's really a unique radio show. I've never hosted a show like this before. How could anybody? We don't know what's going to happen. I hope that more and more Cleveland players clear protocol and are healthy and able to play the game. They're all healthy, but they have the virus. For those who are asking, well, you know, we're getting the classic knuckleheads out there now. JT, did you hear you can get COVID with the vaccine? Yeah, we know that, dummy. We know that already. We understand that. We know you can get it. People get the vaccine to save their life if they're elderly, if they're sick, if they have prior health conditions. They're human beings, just like 23-year-old cornerbacks who get it and are asymptomatic. So we want to get people vaxxed up. We want to get them the shot in case they get it and die. Okay, so when you look at it, football, it's two different topics. It's football, football players getting it, who will all be pretty good, and healthy. Some will have conditions and symptoms, and then they're going to be able to play again. Fortunately, with all the vaccinated players that Cleveland has, and you'll hear that from Mary Kay Cabot a little bit later on, they have a lot of vaccinated players. The problem is they have to clear protocol by Friday to play on Saturday. And for Baker Mayfield and the coach and others to be on the list today, it doesn't look good. So does it look better for the Raiders? Absolutely. But I think we all need to be careful about celebrating in advance because the game hasn't been played. They have good players. Their backup players are all in the NFL. 
They're NFL players, and they're going to be playing at home in their environment, and the place is going to be a madhouse. Madhouse. There aren't going to be many Raider fans there. Raider fans travel well, but the way the Raiders have been playing, that's going to be a madhouse, the dog pound there for Cleveland. So the number is 702-365-9200. Where is your mindset at as a Raider fan with this COVID news with Cleveland? And how do you think the Raiders react to this? It's just hard to tell. I don't know if there's a good answer to that. But do you think the Raiders take advantage of this? Because they should, right? They should be able to take advantage of this, I would think, and go win the game. I thought the Raiders could win the game at full strength. I really did. Why can't they Why can't they win this game at full strength? Why not? So the Raiders went from being, what, a six-and-a-half-point underdog, and now it's the Raiders minus one. Raiders are a one-point favorite. Just went back on the board. My buddy Cleveland Frankie just sent this to me, and he's going to the game. He just sent me the text. Raiders went from plus six-and-a-half to minus one, and that's from the sports book inside Doghouse at Resorts World. Game just went on the board 10 seconds ago. Back up. So that's what we got as we open it up and the Super Bowl. So let me get to the Super Bowl. I am so excited for the Super Bowl in Vegas. I've been to Super Bowls as a fan before I got into the media, and I've been in sports radio 25 years. I've covered 22 or 23 Super Bowls. I missed last year's for COVID, the COVID issue with no radio row. And then one in between as I was moving networks. So I always go and cover the Super Bowl, dating back to my early years in radio. And Radio Row and the opportunity to interview and go there, it's amazing. The next three Super Bowls, Los Angeles upcoming, Arizona, Glendale, Las Vegas, Nevada. Proving that JT was right. Build it and they will come. Remember that? How long have I said that since you've heard me? If you heard me for 20 minutes or 20 years, I said build it and they will come. And for everybody who helped get this deal done, I think the thing that we have to remember the most about this is that the Raiders don't relocate from Oakland, which I didn't want and most people didn't want. It happened. If the Raiders didn't relocate, there'd be no Super Bowl. Never would have a Super Bowl here. So Southern Nevada, the Casino Corridor, and everybody else should be thanking Mark Davis and everybody that you're going to hear that Mark Davis thanked for bringing the Super Bowl here and what it will do for the economy. There should never be anybody ever again bitching and moaning about construction costs, the economic impact on anything. Now that the Raiders, in a few short years of being in Las Vegas, have the Pro Bowl and have the Super Bowl. So you know those economists and those nerds who stand up on Zooms and say, you know, if you bring a football team, eventually the depreciation over 50 years and the road construction and the money that could have went to the hospitals, it's never a good investment. You're wrong. You're wrong. We got the Super Bowl. You're wrong. Go away forever. You make no sense. For all the people on radio in this market, they're listening to me. They listen to me. The people on radio in this market who doubted Mark Davis and the Raiders bringing a Super Bowl here. And always find the negative. They always look for the negative, negative, negative. Get off the radio. You're wrong. Raiders got the Super Bowl. Raiders got the Super Bowl to Southern Nevada. Not the Golden Knights. Not UNLV. Not the Aviators. All friends of the show. All friends of the show who we respect a lot. The Raiders, the famed Raiders, got the Super Bowl in Vegas where the whole world is going to look at in two years and go, 
Oh, my God. Do you see that aerial shot on Super Bowl Sunday from the blimp down the strip? And the strip is closed, and there's 400,000 people on the strip, and we have the draft? Oh, my God. And because of Bill Foley with the Golden Knights, we have the NHL All-Star Game, right? We have the Stanley Cup Finals already played here. Incredible what's happened in Southern Nevada over just a few short years. So as you can tell, I'm worked up. I want to hear from Super Bowl callers who are excited. And don't give me your negative rate of crap on a Super Bowl call. You'll be gone. Okay, this today isn't, JT, I'm excited for the Super Bowl, but we suck. Not today. Not today. Today is we're excited for the Super Bowl. This is great. And then if you want to talk about what's going to happen with the Cleveland game, I'd really like to dig, you, you know, you dig your heels in on that. And how the how are you going to bet the game? Oh, I don't like when the Raiders, DeMond, are a favorite. Oh, I don't like when the Raiders are a one-point favorite. Go back in history. That doesn't turn out well when the Raiders are a road favorite. But they're a road favorite only because of COVID-19 in Cleveland. So let's get to the Mark Davis sound as he's in Dallas at the NFL owners meeting. And Mark Davis was there along with some executives for the Raiders as the announcement was made. And Mark Davis, the owner of the Raiders, addressed the media. I guess, I guess I'm talking and not uh, answering questions here. But uh, first thing I'd like to say is Las Vegas, the Super Bowl is coming. And uh, I think there's some people that I'd like to thank, um, starting with Roger Goodell, the National Football League, and my 31 other partners for uh, trusting us with the uh, most valuable asset that the uh, NFL has. And uh, I'd also like to uh, go back and thank uh, leaders and the vision that they had, Sheldon Adelson, Steve Wynn, former Governor Brian Sandoval, and current Governor Steve Sisolak. And finally, but uh, not the least, is uh, Napoleon McCallum, who probably we wouldn't be here without his efforts uh, of putting us and uh, the Sheldon Adelson together. Um, it's a big day for the Raiders. It's a big day for the city of Las Vegas. Um, I think it's a marriage made in heaven, I'll say. Some others may use a different word. But uh, we are just really, really excited. And uh, with that, I'll talk to put it over to Steve. Thank you. All right, Mark, thank you, Peter. Um, it is really a pleasure to be here today and to uh, be a part of this announcement. Um, I want to thank uh, the NFL, um, all of the owners, uh, as Mark said, for putting their trust in Las Vegas. Um, we'll, we'll uphold that well. Um, we are putting um, the greatest championship game on earth um, in the greatest arena on earth, and it is going to be a spectacular event. Um, as Peter mentioned, we have uh, the Pro Bowl coming, we have the draft coming in just the next several months. Um, he said yesterday, um, we've been working closely enough with your team over the past four years that feels like we've put 10 events on uh, by now, but um, the first one will be uh, in February with the Pro Bowl, um, but the, um, the Super Bowl coming to Las Vegas uh, is going to be an event like no other. Um, we're exceptionally excited to host that. Um, I want to thank Mark and the entire Raiders organization. Um, I, I said to the owners earlier, um, I don't think there has been um, 
a city and a team uh, that have been both uh, as equally impacted by a move uh, as when the Raiders came to Las Vegas. And uh, it has, I, I know, meant a lot to the Raiders, but it has meant an inordinate amount uh, to Las Vegas. It has been a key part of our recovery uh, from the pandemic. Um, and it wouldn't have happened without Mark's diligence and his commitment and his sincerity to make that happen. So uh, thanks for doing that. Um, but we're excited. Um, Super Bowl is coming to Las Vegas. For uh, Peter? Sure. Um, it seems like in quick order, Las Vegas has established itself as a go-to destination for, for you guys for big events. Um, in a bigger picture, how pleased are you with how things are going in Las Vegas and, and what that market now represents and offers to the NFL? They really pleased, you know, tremendously pleased. Obviously, um, the Raiders have really instantly established themselves so well in the market um, and their leadership in the market. And then partners like Steve um, and all of our partners in Las Vegas have just been tremendous uh, over this run-up period. And, and like Steve said, it feels like we've been, we've been dancing with each other for a while. Obviously, the pandemic disrupted the timing of our first Pro Bowl year and the draft year. Um, but now we sit poised for what is a pretty unprecedented run. Never before has a city had the Pro Bowl, the draft, and then the Super Bowl. So I think that points to a level of confidence from the membership, from the owners in Las Vegas as a great destination, a place where fans and partners want to congregate, and just a great stage for some of our biggest assets. So I would say we feel very, very good about where we are. Now we got to bring it to life. <laughs> Stay down here with that grainy, Las Vegas. Steve? Uh, obviously, the, the weekend is huge anyway. Hundreds of thousands of people come for the weekend, maybe not the whole week, but a lot of in terms of the gaming and everything. So how is this different from, you know, an, an, another normal year? Yeah, uh, thanks, Ed. Um, it, it, we, we are generally full. I mean, we, we say all the time that there are more people in Las Vegas for Super Bowl weekend than there are in the city where the Super Bowl is. Um, that's true. Uh, we have 150,000 hotel rooms that makes it, uh, makes it happen. Um, we did a study uh, going into this uh, to determine what the impact would be for Las Vegas. Um, the number that we um, got back was over $500 million additional incremental economic impact. Um, in addition to that, we uh, think that the uh, Super Bowl will generate about $70 million in state and local taxes. Um, so it has a big impact, and there's a few reasons for that. Um, while we are full on Super Bowl weekends, um, room rates in those weekends are fairly normal. Um, the, the, the drive from the Super Bowl will allow those rates to increase. Um, and the spending that takes place around the Super Bowl uh, when the event is in your city is much greater than it would be without. Um, it's also a week-long party and a week-long celebration. There are a dozen, 14 events uh, around the Super Bowl. So we will be driving um, attendance to Las Vegas for the, that week for everybody, um, but also just gearing up for the Super Bowl takes quite a while and a tremendous amount of effort on the part of the NFL and uh, their vendors, their sponsors, uh, all of that. Um, so when you add all that together, it's not just that Saturday and Sunday. Um, it's a several week process that, that really adds uh, to the business side of this uh, for Las Vegas. 
Mark, um, when, when your organization and the Raiders uh, began their journey uh, toward Las Vegas, you made a pledge that these things would be coming as part of that partnership and that, and that deal. Um, I can see your smile that you're pretty happy that it's come to fruition the way it has, but how happy are you that it's led to this this quickly? I'm absolutely thrilled. <clears throat> In the first SNTIC meeting that I attended, I told the, the people there that Las Vegas, you're not just getting a football team. You're getting the power and the assets of the entire National Football League. And for them to put the confidence in us this soon to give us the Pro Bowl, the draft, and I think the most valuable asset, not only in the National Football League, but maybe the world, the Super Bowl, this soon is just a confirmation of what we have done so far. The building that we built is absolutely magnificent. The city is absolutely magnificent. And I'm just so excited that these things have come to fruition. And uh, it's a very, very good day for the Raider organization and the Raider Nation and Las Vegas as a whole. We're very proud of that. Okay, that'll uh, do it for here. Thank you very much, Mark. Stephen, Peter. All right, so that wraps up the address from earlier today in Dallas. As there are dignitaries and individuals over at Allegiant Stadium now, uh, you heard of the voice of Mark Davis, the owner of the Las Vegas Raiders, Peter O'Reilly the executive vice president of club business and league events, and Steve Hill, the CEO of the LVCBA, who was also in Dallas with Mark Davis. So it's a big deal. It's a huge deal for everybody who's in Vegas, who loves football, who loves the Raiders, even if you love another team. If you've been here for a short period of time and you've been here your whole life, a Super Bowl announcement is something that all of us had in common, never thought could ever happen for living here in Vegas all these years. And now we have it, and it's the biggest event, as Mark Davis said. It's the biggest event for the biggest sport in the world. World Cup and the Super Bowl, and we got it. And it's a great day, and a lot of people were thanked and should have been. And we'd want to get your reaction on this today. This is an historic day. Remember where you were on the day where the Super Bowl was announced in Las Vegas on December fifteenth, 2021. It's incredible that that building was built on time and on budget, and then the league turned around and said, yeah, this is where we need to be. Now, future conversations down the road will be how many Super Bowls Vegas gets and how do they stay in the rotation. I think the rotation, because you have so many owners, you know, when you have 32 owners, they're all going to want a Super Bowl, but they're not going to do cold-weather Super Bowls again. They're not. They're going to do it. SoFi Stadium is magnificent, built for the Super Bowl. Las Vegas, Glendale, Tampa, New Orleans, and Miami. That's it. And if you want to add one city because you know you throw Atlanta in once every 10 years, I'm fine with that. But the key for Las Vegas is Vegas has got to get in twice a decade. If they can get in the rotation twice a decade, it'll be tremendous. And maybe the NFL draft, you know, multiple times a decade. And it'll be great for the local economy there. So that's the monologue brought to you by PTs, best happy hour in town. You think PTs will do good over the Super Bowl? Wow. 64 locations. They own the Strat, Arizona Charlies, and are doing a lot in the community to help people in need over the holiday season. 702-365-9200. When we come back, your reaction to the Super Bowl being official, and now that the Browns have all these COVID issues, What do you expect? What are your expectations for the Raiders in Cleveland on Saturday on the flagship? 
The monologue was brought to you by PTs with over 65 locations in the Valley and the best happy hour in town from 5 to 7 p.m. and midnight to 2 a.m. The JT The Brick Show is brought to you by Remy Martin. Team up for excellence. JT, welcome back on Raider Nation Radio. Uh, brought to you by Five Iron Golf, where I'll be usually on Saturday, but we got a game Saturday. So I'll probably head over on Sunday inside Area 15, go hit balls with their brand new equipment. And on top of that, they have gift cards for the holidays. I'll tell you about that over the next couple of days here. Five Iron Golf, proud partner of our show. So I got up this morning. First thing I do is I open up my phone. I saw the Cleveland Brown news. Baker Mayfield and Kevin Stefanski, the head coach, test positive. So then everybody was talking about that. But I knew that Mark Davis was in Dallas at the owners' meeting and the Super Bowl announcement would be made today. He was going to either take off or try to do the show from down there. But we're here in studio today because of the importance of the game on Saturday, which is a priority here. We can celebrate the Super Bowl. But we got to get into this game. So I went down, got COVID tested. Talk about crossing fingers. Went to Journey at Virgin. Went to Carrie Underwood at Resorts World. Went to Lavo Brunch at the beautiful uh, Venetian uh, slash Palazzo. And a big weekend and said, well, this is interesting. A lot of people are getting COVID who are vaccinated. It's part of reality now. And we're trying to get as many people vaccinated as possible to help their health and wellness going forward. But it's affecting the NFL and they might change up protocol. I'd be shocked if they put the players in a bubble. But if we have two or three teams like this every week, the players will go in a bubble. And they won't be allowed to leave from home to the facility. And that'll be about it. And they'll be testing every day. It is a tough time to be a football player now because of the stress of wondering if you're going to be able to play due to a virus. These players have been through a lot to entertain us the last couple of years. Please remember that. They're out here to entertain us. They're playing a sport, and they're playing it during a pandemic. Raider Fish in Berkeley, you're up first. How are you? JT, Woo! I am excited. Not for the Super Bowl just yet, but this is a four-game season. As soon as the whistle blew in KC, this is a four-game season. And this right here is a preseason game, a tune-up to get us ready for the next three. I'm tired of the negative nets. We are the Raider freaking nation. We have a chance, a good bit of hope to get into the playoffs. I'm tired of hearing the belly aching. Let's get ready for these four games. This preseason game now against Cleveland. I had us, I had us beating Cleveland at full strength. So this is a tune-up to get us ready for the Colts, Chargers, and the Donkeys. I'm ready to get in the playoffs. I don't care how we get in. Let's just get in, and I hope they're listening to this. Raiders, Nation, everybody, let's just have hope and be positive. I'm out, Jake. Yeah, thank you. I love you. Yeah, I I thank you. Appreciate that. You know, the game, the only thing I'll correct, it's not a tune-up. They could lose this game. They could lose this game to Cleveland because of one reason. The Raiders have played so badly that they, they just need to play a decent football game. See, I thought what would happen to the Raiders after 3-0 and and 5-2 and two and 6-3, and three, the Raiders would play well all year, but they'd lose a few games mixed in, right? They're going to lose games. You're going to win some. You're going to lose some. I never thought that the Raiders would get to a point where they would be playing badly. Now when you're playing badly, you don't know if you can win a game. So the problem and the I think what Rich Passaccia needs to do with Gus Bradley and Greg Olson is they got to get the team on the plane. And they got to land in Cleveland believing that they can play a good game. 
That is all on Derek Carr. Okay? For those people that have, uh, think they sense a change in me on Carr, there's no change. I haven't talked to Derek in years. Okay? There's no change in me and Derek. I pulled for Derek. I put my neck out on the line for Derek all around the Raider Nation and around the country with appearances on other markets radio shows where they ask me every week, what do you think of Derek Carr? And I only say great things about him as a human being, as a father, as a football player. The only thing I'm suggesting now is he's wearing the captain, the C on his chest, and he's got to do better and he's got to play better. I don't want to hear that he doesn't have time in the pocket anymore. Old news. Old news. Don't want to hear he's checking down. Old news. It's time for Derek Carr to look in the mirror and play a great game. And I've been saying this at nauseum. I believe he can play multiple great games because I saw it this year. In Pittsburgh, great game. Dallas, great game. Miami, overtime, back and forth, making all the throws. I know what he can do. For whatever reason now, no one can run a seven-yard in route. No one can run a, a bubble screen. No one can run an out and you know, out, uh, you know, up and out. No one can run basic routes anymore. And everybody's got an excuse for everybody else. Well, the offensive line isn't good. Oh, the quarterback's checking down. Oh, he's not running well. Everybody but Hunter Renfro. You don't hear anything about Hunter Renfro. Everybody's like, just get the ball to Hunter. Maybe that's maybe Hunter Renfro's the only guy that saved the season now. Maybe Hunter Renfro needs to speak to the team. But if we all be good with that? Why don't we get Hunter Renfro to have a captaincy and how Hunter Renfro speak to this team after a national championship in Clemson and tell everybody what it's like to win a game again? They need to win a game. I don't care how they do it. But they're playing so badly that the rest of the league doesn't think they have a shot, even with backups for Cleveland. We have got to change that story quickly, and they can do it on Saturday. And we'll be at the M, and we're going to treat it like a party. I can't wait to get to the M on Saturday. I think everybody should get out there. We should have an extra big crowd in the Coors Light Zone, at the Modelo Bar up front, at the Remy Martin Bar in the back. Raider Nation, get to the M. Get your reservation and get in there. Josh in Los Angeles on the flagship. Hello, Josh. All right. Hey, what's up, JT? Hey, man, Josh. I'm so I'm so excited, man, for Super Bowl finally coming to Las Vegas, man. You know, Raider Nation deserves this. We've been through so much stuff throughout all these years. It's it's about time, man. As a Raider fan, this is this is a very exciting time, man. I mean, oh, it's just. So yeah. much emotions, and it's just exciting. Yeah, as a, as a fan of football, the Super Bowl is the biggest thing. If you can get a Super Bowl, it's just incredible. And for the Raiders to pull it off this quickly, it really is a testament to this town and the history of this town getting deals done. You could never get this done in Oakland, unfortunately. I mean, what do you think Libby Shaft is thinking today, Oakland? What do you think Libby Shaft and the politicians in the East Bay are thinking today with the Raiders getting a Super Bowl, a Pro Bowl, and the NFL draft? And the Raiders tried, tried, tried. And it wasn't perfect, and the Raiders weren't perfect. But we knew that the East Bay, the Oakland government, is the worst in professional sports history. And this puts a dagger into the Oakland politicians and their radical views in anti-sports. Put that in a promo, Damon, in three, two, and one. The Super Bowl coming to Las Vegas proves that Oakland, California is the worst sports town in America when it comes to politics. This puts a dagger in the city of Oakland on how they retain sports teams and cover sports and build sports vision in the future. 
This is because of Libby Shaft and the horrible politicians in Oakland who had no idea what the Raiders could do and stay and keep doing in that economy. They laughed at Mark Davis. They never believed in him. And Mark Davis brought a Super Bowl to Southern Nevada in a very short period of time, along with a global football stadium and a team facility in Henderson that will drive the economy in Henderson for years to come. Fact, not fiction. So I'm worked up about this because I love Vegas, but I love the Raiders staying in Oakland. They should have stayed in Oakland the whole time. This happened today because of the failure of Libby Shaft and the politicians who let the Raider Nation down in the East Bay. They were terrible people. They were awful. They were terrible negotiators, and they had no vision. They had no vision about what could happen with that economy there. Matt's in Stockton, California. Hello, Matt. Hey, hey, JT. It's Brad. Uh, Hey, Brad. Quickly, uh, how are you? Good, thank Uh, you. On the... On the game, I, I'm only my little worry is about the weather. I hope he doesn't get affected by cold hands. Yeah, yeah. And he has he had an issue with the cold, so he didn't last my, year. Uh, I mean, last year well, he, he was he was okay. He the was. Last year was okay. And I'd like and I'd like to see some guys literally benched for habitual uh, penalties on the line. I mean, Alex Leatherwood should really be benched. He is a habitual. Other guys are habitual. They need to be benched. Uh, on the Super Bowl, this is the greatest news. I'm an ex-Green Valley resident. Mm. This is phenomenal. And hopefully we don't have to call it the big game anymore or we can yeah. watch it on big screen yeah, TV. You've been there long enough to know that. But this yeah. is great news. And like you said about uh, Oakland and the way they run, they deserve it. They are. It, 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 they got what they deserve. So. I will end on that, and appreciate it. You have a great show. Thank, Thank you. you very you much. You know the fans of Oakland. I'm not directing that at the fans of Oakland. They know me. It has nothing to do with the fans. It has to do with the politicians in Oakland. They get voted in and out of office every few years. They're terrible. They're awful. They had no respect for sports. The Warriors, the Raiders, the A's. They have no vision. And again, it just that's why the Super Bowl's in Vegas and not in the East Bay because they could not figure it out, and they they didn't care about it much either. I just pulled up the weather in Cleveland. It's 57 today and cloudy. Tomorrow, on Thursday, 43 degrees, 80% chance of rain. Friday, it drops down big. Sunny and 34 degrees is the low, high of 45. And then Saturday, game day, uh, the temperature will be between 36 and 42 degrees, 80% chance of rain, not snow, 80% chance of rain. On Saturday. Yeah, weather's going to play a big role, but who cares? I mean, we can't give the Raiders any excuses now. They have to play a good game. They owe they owe the fan base a really good game. If the Raiders lost 31-20 to and played a really good game and didn't have a lot of penalties and ran for 100 yards and car threw for 300 yards, okay, you, you, the season's over. They're out of the playoffs at 6-8. and eight. You tip your cap. Cleveland's going on to the playoffs most likely, and you put up a hell of a fight. Don't get blown out. Show up and play with pride and poise. Play like all Raider teams before you and the Raider teams this year. When we come back, Bill Williamson will join us from SB Nation. Longtime Raider insider. Love having him on as we're brought to you by Remy Martin. Whenever we talk X's and O's, it's with the Remy Martin cocktail. All the great venues in Vegas have Remy Martin behind the bar. Try a sidecar. Remy Martin VO, try a drink with a Remy Martin product in it, and you'll thank me for it. Bill Williamson on deck.
The JT The Brick Show is brought to you by Sam and Ash. The JT The Brick Show is brought to you by Remy Martin. Team up for excellence. JT, back with you on a big day in Vegas history and Raider history. The the formal, actual Super Bowl announcement. And then the other news about all the COVID protocol for the Cleveland Browns. As I bring in Bill Williamson, longtime Raider insider, 25 straight seasons with SB Nation. Uh, Bill, good to talk to you. Before we get to the Browns, let's get to the Super Bowl, the economic impact. And for the Raiders, this organization that's won three Super Bowls, playing in five with all those Hall of Famers in history. It's a big moment for Mark Davis and this team. Yeah, definitely. I mean, but, you know, this is what this is what Vegas is all about. This is what when the, the NFL, you know, said, hey, we're going to do Vegas. We kind of knew this was going to happen. And look what's look, look what is facing us. Uh, the Pro Bowl in February, the the draft finally after, you know, two years in, in April in Vegas, and then the Super Bowl, you know, less than two years after that. So I, I remember the first day was after, you know, the, the L.A. thing fell apart in 2016. Um, the Raiders really hoped to be part of that. And we always talk about Vegas. And I was like, man, that would be so awesome. But would the NFL let it happen? Because memory playing a charade for a long time that it hated gambling. Mm-hmm. And then it finally admitted that it's cool with it. And now it's just exploded, and it's it's so great for Vegas, and it's great for the league, and it's great for fans everywhere. And this is not going to be the last Super Bowl, and it won't be the last Pro Bowl, and it won't be the last in Vegas. Yeah, I think you're right on that. Obviously, they're going to have many of these throughout the future here in Las Vegas. It's just a big deal. You know, one other thing, Bill, what, what people know, but we have to mention it with the Super Bowl today, is how quickly the NFL got gambling into the sport as a revenue stream. You know, I'm watching the Manning brothers and Archie Manning doing a commercial for Caesar Sports, and we're seeing the now the cross-promotion of the NFL with these sportsbook companies and casinos that happened really quick, too. So credit to the NFL. Once they agreed to do Vegas and do gambling, they've gone all in and they've gone big. Yeah, and it's just, you know, because just a few years ago, I, 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 don't, I want to say it was 2017, but I'm not sure, you know, Tony Romo couldn't do a fantasy football thing. So yep. it played that game for quite a while, but then it just snapped its fingers and said, okay, it's great, and we, you know, Let's make money off it, and I, I don't. There certainly hasn't been any controversy. There hasn't been any reasons to think it was a bad decision to to you know to embrace the gambling aspect because it was going to happen anyway. Insider Bill Williamson joins us. Bill, I didn't think it could get any worse from a football perspective than getting blown out by Kansas City. But if the Raiders don't play well against Cleveland, missing all those players with COVID protocol, this could get real ugly quickly. What do you think this does for the Raider preparation? I mean, they're preparing for a Cleveland team, and they don't know who's going to be playing, which individual players. But I think they got really good backups in their defense and Miles Garrett. They're going to have a good team show up there. The Raiders are going to have to play a better game than they've played in weeks if they're going to get out of there with a win. Yeah, but if they don't win, and then it's okay, it's six out of seven. It's playoffs are done at six and eight, right? And you lose to a team that had, you know, nearly 20 players. And who's to say that that number is not going to rise mm. um, on the COVID list? That's pretty devastating loss. Um, so it, it's there for the Raiders. You know, the line, speaking of gambling, the line opened at uh, 6.5 Browns favorite and 43 and a half 
over over under. Now it's Raiders up favored by one, and it's all the way down to thirty eight and a half. I think it's gonna be very low scoring. I thought it was gonna be low scoring anyway before this, and it's gonna be a night game in Cleveland. You know, in the low thirties with uh, supposedly rain and whipping wind. If you remember last November first, they didn't have the rain, but they had a really gusty, gusty wind. They did in Cleveland, and the Raiders won sixteen to six. And you know, I don't know if it's going to be quite that low, but it, it could be. It's going to be don't fumble the ball, um, get you know, get control the game on the ground. It's going to be a real grinded out game for both both teams. But I mean, I think you'd have to say if you look at the current rosters right now, the Raiders have an advantage. But again, it's going to be you know, Cleveland is used to the weather. And uh, their home fans are going to be there, so it's not going to be a, a gimme, but it certainly looks better for the Raiders than it did three days ago. Oh, it looks a lot better for the Raiders, but as you said, Bill, it's not going to be a gimme. Bill Williamson's our guest. Judy Batista at NFL.com just reported within the half hour. The NFL is talking to the union about changing protocols, but it's also looking at what it can do unilaterally as COVID cases rise. Masks, Zoom meetings, and according to a league source, shortening the time frame for return for a vaccinated asymptomatic player who tests positive. Now, Bill, I don't know how quickly they can turn that around. They They can't change that rule for the Browns game against the Raiders, but I could see possibly by the playoffs... If you're a vaccinated player and you're asymptomatic, if they want to keep this league charging throughout the playoffs, that players should be able to get back a day or two after a positive test if they test negative. Yeah, I mean it would it would be uh, helpful, but then you you know this is kind of beyond my pay grade because mm-hmm. you, you're talking science and doctors, and I you, I don't know what they think. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I know things are going pretty smoothly until this week. And it, it's it's gone it's gone all haywire. And the, but the people that know these things better are going to have to you know huddle very quickly yes. and make a decision because you're right the uh, you know things can get in peril uh, really quickly. So it's a uh, it's pretty significant deal. Uh, Bill Williamson, Bill, last one. I, I really want to do a quick dive with you on this game, Miles Garrett. If the Raiders keep everybody in. They keep in a tight end, and they need help, obviously, for the right side for Miles Garrett. And they, you know, they don't have Alec Ingold, but if Josh Jacobs is chipping instead of running routes, isn't it the same problem we've seen in a month? They don't have enough guys running routes. Too many guys are staying in to protect the offensive line. Zay Jones isn't a great player. He has a flash here and there. Foster Moreau never puts up a real big game, so how could you count on him to have a big game? They're counting on Deshaun Jackson. It, depending on what happens with Waller and Hunter Renfro, and Cleveland knows this. So what do you think the Raiders, give me one thing the Raiders can do better on offense to get their mojo and rhythm back. Um, I, I think it goes back to, you know, game planning for this week's elements. you gotta, you got to just ram down their throats in the, in the run game. And I know that hasn't worked, and I know they don't have Drake, but I think, that, you know, the biggest key is Josh Jacobs in this game. Control the clock. And they may not be able to throw the ball anyways with, mm. with the win, you know. So um, they're, if they're not going to they're not going to sustain drives on the ground, I don't think they're going to have much success. And you can say that about Cleveland as well. Thanks, Bill. Talk to you in a couple of weeks. Have a great Christmas holiday. Really appreciate you coming on. You too, JT, and your family. See ya. You too, Bill Williamson, great insider. You know, 
it would be it would be good to say it would be good to say that Josh Jacobs. Let's just say Josh had a year. Demon, you can jump on with this too. We got a minute here. Let's say Josh Jacobs was having a year where he had like three games of over 100 yards and another one at 99. You'd be like, all right, this is a game that Josh can go for 130 on the ground and maybe save the season. But he hasn't played well all year, and I don't know if it's because he's just not playing at a high level anymore, or he can't hit the holes because of this offensive line. I'm going. It's 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 always a little bit of both, but I'm going to put more on the offensive line. Yeah. After one of the last home games, he's saying they, and that was one of the best openings I had all year. And he's talking about that on a 15 yard run, and he's like that that was one of like the biggest openings I had all year on a run where he didn't even get over 20 yards, and he's excited about getting that 15. Yeah, all we need out of Josh Jacobs is six seven. Yards. We, they don't need 15-yard runs. They need second and nine. If he gets it, which he shouldn't, he picks up eight. But the problem is this year the Raiders are always one yard short of a first down, and it forces them into third down and short where they want to run it, and they get stopped a lot. And as Bill just said, is this time for Josh to put his, put the team on his back and just have one of these games that will that will remember for years to come because he carried the team? I do think that he is a vocal leader in this team. We hear that all yeah. the time when he talks, but I do think that this is one of those games where you got to show us. It doesn't need to be 100 yards, but at least give us one big play. I do yeah. think that teams need to fear your running, your running back to break one off, and he hasn't broken one off this season. Like no. I would want to see that. If he gives us like the same pedestrian numbers but has like a good 50-yard run, I'll be okay with that. I would be too. One big play would be great, but I think he's going to have to do more than that. He's going to have to have a big day on the ground. And Derek Carr is going to have to be mobile. Derek Carr better be running. He better be running a lot because he's going to be running away from Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett's coming, and even if he doesn't get there, he's going to get damn close where Derek's going to have to be running away from him. Big car game. Been saying it. Derek's got to have a big game. He knows it. I'm sure he's prepping for it. Just depends on who's going to be playing for Cleveland due to COVID protocol. Hour number two coming up next, Mary Kay Cabot, Cleveland Insider. The JT The Brick Show is brought to you by PTs, the best happy hour in town and an official partner of the Vegas Golden Knights.